0: Despite all the research about the nature of leaders, practitioners and scholars still acknowledge that many aspects of leadership remain a mystery. Today, we are addressing one of the key mysteries that seems to constantly defy traditional analysis, how to be an inspiring leader. Welcome to The 90th Percentile, an unconventional leadership podcast by Zanger Folkman. Each week, using research from over 1.5 million global leaders, we analyze different leadership traits, trends, and what it really takes for leaders to get to the 90th percentile. I'm your host, Brianna Koren, and with me today is my friend and leadership legend, Jack Sanger.
1: I'm looking forward to this.
0: Some leaders are identified as possessing a remarkable quality that sets them apart from others. It causes others to be attracted to them and enables them to achieve remarkable outcomes. The quality has frequently been labeled charisma, a term that comes from the Greek word meaning gift. In ancient times, people believed that this quality was a divine gift bestowed upon some and not others. But Jack, you view charisma or the ability to inspire others in a different way.
1: Brie, we do. From the research that we've done on inspirational leadership here at Zenger Folkman, we have learned a few things. Uh, First, there are different approaches to inspiring leadership that go well beyond charisma. Secondly, the ability to inspire and motivate others is a behavioral skill that most can develop and certainly we can all get better at.
0: Absolutely, we all need to get better at it. (laughs) But let's say you don't have a lot of natural charisma flowing through you. Should you take the time to really develop the skill of inspiring others? IBM asked 1,700 CEOs in 64 countries the question, what do top executives want from their leaders? The three leadership traits that most mattered according to these CEOs were the ability to focus intensely on customer needs, the ability to collaborate with colleagues, and the ability to inspire.
1: (laughs) You know, our own data, which we've gathered from just under 50,000 leaders, who had been assessed by approximately a half a million of their colleagues, strongly confirms the importance of inspiring leadership of the 16 leadership competencies we most frequently measure, it is clearly the one that stands out. In our data, the ability to inspire first creates the highest levels of employee engagement and commitment. Secondly, it is what most powerfully separates the most effective leaders from the average and least effective leaders. And third, it is the factor that most subordinates identify when asked What do you want most from your boss? Yet the rub is that when you talk with leaders who want to be more inspiring, you often get this deer in the headlights reaction. Mm -hmm. They simply do not know what to do.
0: Honestly, when I think of inspiring leaders, I think of those life-changing speeches like Shakespeare wrote for King Henry V, as he described the band of brothers that would rise up and fight on St. Crispin's Day. (laughs) And not not every leader is going to have that moment in their career, and they may not be very good at speeches. (laughs) So inspiring others in the office or on a Zoom call on a daily basis is a bit of a mystery. What do you do?
1: <laughs> well, what you don't do is to go around giving people high fives or <laughs> try to make yourself a chirpy a cheerleader if that doesn't come naturally to you.
0: <laughs> I'm sure our listeners will breathe a sigh of relief that cheerleading is not a requirement. Um, Jack, in your article, you wrote that the way you approached this question of how to inspire was in a reverse engineering exercise. Can you tell us a little bit more about that?
1: Sure. We went into our database and we looked for those leaders who received the highest scores on the competency inspires and motivates to high performance. We found 1000 leaders and then analyzed what they did that separated them from their their less inspiring counterparts. Some of what they did was specific and tangible. For example, they set stretch goals with their team. Note that not for their team, but with their team. They spent time developing their subordinates. They collaborated rather than competing with their colleagues. They encouraged others about them to be more innovative, to try new ways, to take risks, In general, these inspirational leaders were more adept at making emotional connections with their subordinates. For instance, they were better at establishing a clear vision for the organization. They were more effective in their communication. They were willing to spend more time communicating. You know, they tended to be a bit more extrovertish, but there were many introverts who were highly inspiring. They were ardent champions of change. They were seen as being very effective role models in their organization. Our data sends a very clear message. In this case, more is more. That is, the more of these behaviors a leader exhibited, the more inspirational that leader is perceived to be. It was also clear that inspiration comes in many different flavors, shapes, and sizes.
0: Your next step was one that really fascinated me. You turned your attention from what these inspiring leaders did to the manner in which they did it. Just like we discussed, many leaders equate being inspirational with being enthusiastic and outgoing. And and that can be so. But you also found that leaders could take any number of other approaches that didn't necessarily require them to be extroverted.
1: Yeah, That is, a leader can be inspiring in setting a stretch goal, and they can do that in a number of different ways. She could, for example, do it by creating a very compelling vision, which we dubbed unsurprisingly as the visionary approach. Alternatively, she could meet with the team members and have them collectively set the goal, taking what we would call more of an an enhancing approach. Another inspiring leader might set stretch goals by tossing out a challenge to the group and setting a specific deadline by which to make it. That's more of a a driver kind of an approach. Or maybe he encouraged the team to find an ethical goal that focuses on the organization's mission and purpose, in which case we would describe that as the principled route. Yet another of the inspiring leaders might have uh, convened a meeting and and delivered a classic halftime locker room speech (laughs) to set that goal, which we think of as the classical kind of enthusiast style. And finally, you know, the leader might take what we've called the expert route, where he had an unusually high level of technical expertise and is willing to share that with the group.
0: I thought that example was really helpful in describing how each leader approaches a situation and can be inspiring, but they do it in different ways. I'm going to repeat each of these approaches to inspiring and motivating others. And as I do, I want our listeners to think of which approach they are most likely to use. The first is visionary. They approach inspiring others by providing a clear picture of the future and being able to communicate that to the team. Second, enhancer. They approach inspiring others by creating positive one-on-one relationships along with team relationships by being a great listener and connecting emotionally with people. Third, driver. They approach inspiring others by displaying a focused pursuit to make the numbers and complete things on time and generally being accountable for personal and group performance. Fourth, principled. They approach inspiring others by providing a powerful role model of doing the right things in the right way. Fifth, enthusiast. They approach inspiring others by exuding passion and energy about the organization, its goals, and the work itself. Sixth, expert. They approach inspiring others by providing a strong technical direction that comes from deep expertise. After you and my dad, Joe Folkman, did this research, I remember we would play this game where we would analyze different famous people and guess their approach to inspiring others. It sounds lame, but it was fun. (laughs) So for example, I think Warren Buffett, uh, the Oracle of Omaha, is a highly inspirational leader that people trust because of his expertise. It seems to be that when he buys certain stocks, they go up and when he sells, they go down. He definitely inspires others, but... So does Oprah Winfrey. However, Oprah's style is much different. I would say that she is an enhancer. She's warm and inviting and is probably most known as the best interviewer in the world. Two people, both very inspiring, but they inspire others and approach it in entirely different ways. So tell your friends and colleagues about these six different approaches and you can play this game too. Now, Jack, have you found that there are some approaches that are more popular than others?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Only 3% of those that we studied took the expert approach. And perhaps more surprisingly, is that only 12% went the enthusiast route. Hmm. Each approach could be effective, our data indicates, but the best leaders were not just one trick ponies the best used multiple approaches, and that significantly increased their effectiveness.
0: Very interesting. So now the real question is, when you put these specific behaviors and approaches in action, does it work? Can someone change their stripes and actually be perceived by others as inspiring?
1: You know, to to find that out, we did another study of 882 executives from data collected over the last three years. Uh, They were measured on 16 different competencies, and they were encouraged to focus their efforts on improving one of them. Focusing on the 310 who chose to improve their ability to inspire others, we found that as a group, they made impressive strides. They moved from the 42nd percentile, which is obviously below average, to the 70th percentile. That was a hugely statistically significant positive Mm. gain and, and very compelling evidence that when leaders use the right methods and they stay with it, they can learn to become more inspiring. In other words, with awareness, good feedback, leaders are able to improve this most important of all leadership competencies.
0: It's not just a gift bestowed upon by the gods. (laughs) It can be developed. I feel so inspired by that. Where's my soapbox? Now, Jack actually wrote a book with Joe Folkman and another colleague called The Inspiring Leader, Unlocking the Secrets of How Extraordinary Leaders Motivate. And as a little gift for our listeners, I chose one of my favorite chapters from the book, and you can download it. It goes over a lot of the research that we shared today, so be sure to click on the link in our episode notes or on our podcast page to get that free download. And be sure to keep tuning in to the podcast during the holidays. We will be sharing two very intriguing interviews that Jack and Joe did with Josh Burson and David Sturt. The 90th percentile, an unconventional leadership podcast, was written and recorded by Brianna Coren and Jack Zanger and produced by Zanger Folkman. If you're interested in learning more about Zanger Folkman's award-winning 360-degree assessments, leadership, and coaching offerings, or would like to attend our monthly leadership webinar series hosted by Jack Zanger and Joe Folkman, visit our website at zangerfolkman.com. If you like our podcast, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher and leave us a five-star review. All resources and links to the research referenced in this episode can be found in our episode details or on our podcast page on ZangerFolkman.com.